On today's episode, we cover Strayed from Dark Horse and Pretty Violent with Swears on Image. Lots of swears. With, oh shit. <laughs> keep it. We'll keep it, we'll keep it like that. It's great. With lots of swears. With lots of swears. Oh, we're good. <laughs> we could all say different words. With lots of swears? Swears? <laughs> I swear. With lots of swears. <laughs> Perfect. Can you put more cotton balls in your mouth? <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Alrighty, welcome back everyone to another episode of First Issue Club. Thank you for joining us. We are your weekly podcast that covers First Issues exclusively. We help aid you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape because it is a fuck pit. <laughs> <laughs> you threw off my mojo. <laughs> It's so funny. You <laughs> to said, be fair, you threw us all off a you little. You said fuck pit. <laughs> like right out of the gate. Yeah. Well, it's what I do. I want to keep us all on our toes because uh, a lot of shit happened this week and I want to talk about it. So I didn't want to waste a long time. On the intro, I want to get right into news. So with me as always, I got Mike D. I got Budget King, who's going to go by Russo now. Are you dropping the Budget King? Where do we drop on that? What? What, what did we want? To, we, we had talked about going by Russo because um, when I, in public... When we do like events and shit, um, I get nervous telling people that my name is Budget King. Uh, okay. <laughs> do you not remember this conversation? And we had, had, I had, was feeling very reluctant about I continuing had, being Budget King. I hadn't played that out in my head. I didn't realize this. It's it's really flattering when people call me Budget King in real life. Yeah. It's like one of the best feelings. But then <laughs> introducing yourself as Budget, as King, Budget King, you feel like an asshole. Total tool. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, funny. We'll we'll think about it some more and make a decision later. You may later. have heard of me. I'm Budget King. <laughs> I'm Budget King. <laughs> and last but not least, back from her bachelorette adventure, Caitlin. Thank you. Even well, though you're only gone for one episode. While we had the bachelor yeah, party. Yeah, how was that for you guys? Filthy. Was it wild? Oh, filthy. Okay. Do you know how many oil gifts we have on that episode? People commenting. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Tons. A lot of Danny DeVito slipping through stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. It got raunchy. <laughs> raunchy. But it was a great time. It was um, fun. So let's get right into it, folks. Uh, big, big news this week in comic book movies and in paper. First one up in the movies, Disney and Sony have broken up. That's right, folks. There are tough talks happening right now. Spider-Man's being plucked away from the MCU. How do we feel about it? Well... I think Sony is probably bummed because the reaction has not been so good. It hasn't been. Oh, you didn't say what happened. So Sony is getting back Spider-Man. Yeah, so from what rumors I can kind of gather, Disney wanted more money from Sony for using, for, for having Spider-Man in the Or turning it into a widely, like, beloved... Oh, reverse that, right? Sony wanted more money from Disney. Oh. No, Sony actually... Came out and said Disney wanted fifty percent of all the yeah. movie income, revenue uh, revenue from the old movies, from the ones from that the are the ones that it's helmed helmed now and going to continue to make. And Sony was like, "Fuck that, we are out of here." Because they just made a shit ton of money on this. I think it's the highest grossing Sony film ever. This past Spider Man movie, but they haven't like generated any of that. They've just lended the use of. Yeah, I mean, I think m- mainly the Spider Man movies are like under the Sony. To make the highest grossing thing and then to say, yeah, we want at least half. That's not, is that too grabby? Well, and I also think Disney and Marvel get 100% of all merchandise sales. 
And so Sony's basically just like, what are we even getting from this mm. relationship? Yeah. Millions of dollars, but yeah. they could be getting more. And the whole thing that drives the plot and interest of the franchise, I think, it just, which is a downfall of the separation of these two things, in my opinion, is that we had Peter Parker taking the helm of Tony Stark. Right. And propelling that side of the story further. And then you've also got the the loss on Marvel's side is huge, obviously, because you can't play in the Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. And I, I read a good article the other day that was like, Spider-Man keeps the Marvel universe grounded, that we don't always want to see ultra uber galactic fights. Sometimes we like to see a kid going through some shit, dealing with relationships, taking care of neighborhood-sized problems. And uh, Marvel's going to have to figure out how to one, write their way out of all the things they probably geared themselves up for. Right. With maybe Ant Man's Tony gonna Stark. <laughs> get, gonna get ramped up. Yeah, right. Or or they're gonna replace uh, there's plenty of great characters that they could mm-hmm. um, replace Spider Man with oh, could, to to fill that role. Like Mrs. Marvel so, would be an awesome oh, yeah. one that yeah. could do or like, Ironheart neighborhood sort of issues. Yeah. Ironheart would be great. So yeah. does this mean that they can't use like Miles Morales as well? Correct. Um, okay. Does it really? Yes, it does. Ooh, so, that's... Uh, Sony has a lot of the properties of anything that was, like, created or first appeared can in, they, can they, like, under a Spider-Man property. So, like, Silver Sable, Sony property. Venom. Venom, Carnage, Gwen? Sony property. Gwen, Gwen Stacy, Stacy, yes. Correct. All of that stuff. Um, wow. Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> but they did an amazing job with Spider-Verse Spider-Verse. Movies, and... That had no touch from Marvel producers as far as I know. I don't think that the I don't know Disney Studios had anything to do with that. I don't know. Well, maybe in a way because they had Phil Lord on that bitch and he's worked with Disney and Pixar for decades. Yeah. So maybe he had some consulting there. And but Stan think... Lee made a cameo in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Stan Lee can well, make cameos whenever the fuck he wants. He was I, in Mallrats. I didn't word that right. It's obviously Marvel's involved in... Any Spider-Man movie Got it. that gets okay. made, but Disney, wasn't. but Disney wasn't necessarily involved right. in that one. Right, and if and even if let's say they made like five hundred million off of that movie when all was said and done, and DVDs were sold, etc., mm-hmm. that's worth keeping like their hundred percent of the yeah. value of I it think, instead of giving two hundred fifty million of that to Disney. I think True. this can't. Get, I think Sony just like loses it in the end, and they're like, "This was." This is a bad idea. We can't do this. We we can't just take this one entity out of Marvel. Well, I think I, it's a flex move on Sony, it's showing that they're willing to walk away from the table. You think they could swing back in the other direction? I think. Well, we, we as Marvel's, Russo said, we're Marvel's some, fucked. I think. I don't think Marvel's fucked. Given how far out they planned a lot of the other things, think about that, that have happened spo- so like far in Easter Infinity Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like I think they're still under contract for certain movies. Are they? I think like once the contract's up, Sony's just like we're fucking done. Okay, we're so but we that's... don't know when their contract is up. Then but I think if... Tom Holland's in his contract has like maybe two more movies left with Sony, which is probably the next Spider-Man movie. But those may or may not involve Disney. Right. Right. But, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, the Disney-Marvel-Sony contract is extended until, like, it they wrote out the contract for. Does that make sense? Oh. And so once that agreement's up, they're like, we're fucking... I did not it. realize that. So I, there's I more... I think so, yeah. So they could write off... They could. They could take the opportunity to... Or, figure it out. Or transition, like, the mantle of yeah. Tony. I, th- I think it'll work itself out. 
I think this was a huge power play by somebody to be like, hey, let's alert the masses because they'll fucking cause havoc and right. then that'll push it one way or the other for us. I I think that they couldn't have taken out a lower Jenga pig in this. For Spider-Man? In the Marvel Universe. I can't think of a more clutch, like... Hawkeye? Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I thought you were... When you said lower, I thought you meant, no. like, not important. I was like, whoa, terrible statement. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me that Hawkeye and Spider-Man are not on the same plane <laughs> field? Okay, okay Greg, I know, you got a, I know you got a hard-on for Jeremy Renner, but come on. Speaking of which, uh, he did, like, a little Instagram post saying, uh, Sony, give it back. He did. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what? What skin does he have in the game? That's kind of weird. Well, he has that Disney Plus show coming out. Yeah, but Which, is Spider Man going to be in it? Maybe it was not anymore. Ha ha! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just thought the the last point I want to make with this is it really showed that the fandom is getting out of control because like people are talking about boycotting anything Sony makes. So that's a wave that will peter out, though. I mean, not a whole lot of. I, I I would assume those are the loudest voices, just I, like I burned my Walkman, my Sony Walkman. <laughs> Your Zoom? <laughs> yeah. That's, is that Sony? <laughs> that is Microsoft. That so- yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did though, which I I think is a valid fandom thing. There were certain movies that I was just like, I am not going to pay to go see these because I know they're shitty and they make shitty movies. And if I ever want them to stop making shitty movies and start making good ones, then I have to stop bringing my wallet to the movie theater when those come out. Right. Because they're going to keep half-assing them. That's a and that's great what, like, fucking point. All the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies were like, horrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next on the dock? Next on the docket, folks, lower your flags to half-mast. Light a few candles. 9-11's coming Huge spoiler alert for Batman fans. Our beloved and endearing butler, Alfred, has passed. He had been killed by Bane, almost had his head ripped off. (laughs) So take a moment now. Fold your doilies and burn them. Any (laughs) thoughts? Alfred's dead. The, The Bruce Wayne's basic father figure. Didn't he have a television show? Yeah. Yeah. Pennywise or... Close. <laughs> Pennyworth. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so is that canceled? I don't think it's in any reflection <laughs> of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sucks that he's dead. Do you think it's going to hold through, I guess, is the real question. Uh, I can't see how they <laughs> go back on For this now. one. They killed the Joker and they undeaded him. Maybe. If they do like another reboot or whatever. But, I mean, he then twisted his head basically off. The Alfred who laughs? I would love the that. The butler who laughs? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, we've got multiple Batmans from multiple dimensions now. Can uh, we get an evil Alfred? What would that look like? Yeah, evil Alfred would be weird. Look like my grandpa. I don't recycle. <laughs> that's Alfred. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. Um, I could see Bruce building like a robot butler Alfred. Yeah, like a Jarvis, but it's just <laughs> yeah. an Alfred. And then he like, well, <laughs> Bruce Wayne's a super genius who can... Yeah. Put together something like that. You don't think he was Does Fox hire... exist in the comic books? Because he could use his help. Fox? Yeah. Like the TV network? No, like the guy who helps him in the Oh, movies, Lucius. The movies that I've seen. Right. <laughs> Is everyone on the same page with my specific <laughs> knowledge? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, he does exist. I'll say Alfred wasn't important to me personally. <laughs> he can... But I'm interested to see... A Batman without an Alfred Mm -hmm. because Alfred always kind of served as the moral compass and kept Bruce in check. Yep. Or ironing folded. Right. (laughs) Well, in that sense too, (laughs) yes. But what's, does he get really grim 
without an Alfred. Now I'll have to just get more little boys to run around in his mansion for How him. much more grim can he get? Also, he was killed in front of Damien, ah. Batman's son, as he was tied up. Yep. So does Damien, is Damien completely fucked by this? Do, do we get a darker tale of Damien because of Man, he's already here? dark enough. Like, that whole family, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Like, it has to. Like, right now in the Batman series, it's the City of Bane event, which mm-hmm. means Bane has taken over Gotham. And all of, it's kind of fun, actually. All of the supervillains are, like, on the police force. And they're, like, basically patrolling the town, uh, causing havoc. It's really funny. And another little uh, uh, kind of Easter egg thing. The name, when they, when they took over the police station, the names on the desks were the officers from Br- uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Whoa. So they they kind of they kind of Peralta just, and oh uh-huh. my god yeah so they just kind of wrote in all these like funny little uh, that's cool. nice things so that's um, nice <laughs> so it, it's not it's not a big deal to you that Alfred's dead I mean we're used to people dying in comic books and them being is, resurrected is Tom in King a year. still writing that one yes not not for much longer no but he wrote he wrote Alfred dying yes he yeah did. so I, that's a nice little thing that he did before he he got off the run. <laughs> A nice little thing. Here, here's the you thing. You will Tom. remember me. I bet. I wonder. What if he's just like double deucing them, just being like, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna Get start killing." Yeah. <laughs> well, he did a lot of huge things. Yeah, he did. I mean, he he married Bruce off too. Yeah. So that was huge. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of an epic run for him. I don't know if people have liked it that much. Here's the there's thing. A, there's a reason he's not continuing. Like people, he's one of my favorite writers, but yeah, people haven't liked it, but. For the dumbest reasons, uh-huh. it's because of why all old fans hate the new stuff. It's like you just want the same. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. fucking exactly. Right. He's not my Batman. Good. Yeah. Your Batman sucked. Tom King must have a lot of stuff around family. A lot of his stories seem to be centered around putting this person who doesn't seem like they'd be able to have that part mm-hmm. of themselves in that setting. Yeah, and playing around with that. He's good at writing a failing father. Tom King, you a bad dad? <laughs> Well, even that I penguin he, book that we wrote, it was like uh, kind yeah. of touching Red. and personal. Red. Yeah, we we did not re- we are write not, we it. We are not Tom King. Had my brain, you guys. That's um, good. I know what you're saying. But yeah, it was very personal, very family oriented. Yep. Yeah. The end. Next yep. news. He's just very good at writing flawed characters. Next news, and it's in the last news I had, unless you guys have something. Um, coming soon, they're going to start doing a, a new arc in Captain Marvel. And then she's going to be the dark Captain Marvel. And we've posted this on our Twitter already. And she has this new suit and everything. And it's being illustrated by the guy, uh, Lee Garbutt, who did She Could Fly. Oh, cool. So um, I'm really excited for that. because Oh, I'm not sorry. Skyward, not She Could Fly. It's also probably, cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, did you, you saw the pictures I texted everybody. What do mm-hmm. you guys think about that kind of new, exciting? It looks good. Yeah. Thing. She looks like a Power Ranger kind that of. Looks carnageized. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. I mean. Why doesn't she got a face? Yeah. Why? I mean, she she has like a helmet. No face. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. You I like. Cannot, it just looks like it's hard to see out of. Anything dark, I'm into. So you made her evil, <laughs> and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's she way literally more... has to see red. So. <laughs> that's true. It's way more military looking, which is something <laughs> that. Captain Marvel has always been. What's up? I showed he showed her me th- the other picture, which is just her full face. Yeah, I showed her that her, just her, only her, saw her mask can, can go away. Oh, her mask can go. So that's an interesting thing about. She's not a robot. Still has a face. Oh, okay. One one thing I was thinking about is that if they brought this into the Marvel universe, that would be an interesting way to take to create the new big bad. 
I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's about time in the MCU for one of the good guys to go bad. Or like, like Hulk? A, like a scroll thing or something. Like, I think that would be so fucking rad. But please don't make it one yeah. of the first female solo, like, yeah. strong lead characters. Yeah, that's right. And on that note, let's get this podcast started. off the show with Strayed from Dark Horse by Giffoni, Doe, and Crutzer. Caitlin, what is Strayed about? Strayed is what would happen if your pet cat could talk because you create a device that could translate its thoughts while it astral projects. But if it could talk, it would tell you not to get trapped into servitude by the government as they search for energy sources and new planets. But you're not smarter than your cat if you're the lead character in this book because that's exactly where our lead, Kiara, finds herself. And there's really not much else. We don't know. It's very open-ended. Holy shit, this book led us nowhere. Can I tell you, can I just give you some, like, uh, little driplets about the author and illustrator? Yep. Okay. Um, So this uh, author, he is an electronic music artist. He created a five-song album for this that you can listen to on GarageBand. He's on the record label Mexican Summer, which is a very like notable um, indie record label. Can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Did you listen to it? I wanted to know. I saw it in the back of the book. No offense to Carlos, but not my thing. A little bit. Uh, I enjoy electronic music. This was a little bit like noisy, kind of glitch, kind of. Okay. Um, but it 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 was very experimental in a way that I was like doesn't seem like most co- people making comic books would be that. Uh, good at making music okay if you, sorry. if you listened while you read it do you think it would have enhanced anything for you it was um disorienting discorded so like yeah i think it would have made it more it it gave me more of like an aliens feeling oh, um like the, okay. the horror movie after i listened to it which kind of then like I, and i was like oh if that's the tone he's going for then i like kind of like this comic book more so that was helpful i could see that um more things about him he wrote, co-wrote this comic book, um, Space Riders, on Black Mask with um, this really famous illustrator, Zirit. I don't know how to say his name. I kind of remember that book. The art is like insanity. Y- yeah, okay. Um, okay, he um, is a video game designer as well and works for Riot. Jesus Christ, um, so which hats. Which makes um, League of Legends. It's like a, one of the most online played video games. Okay. Um, he worked for MTV for a while. And he uh, owns his own little record label, like an imprint of like electronic music. This dude does a lot of stuff. The other thing about this comic book is Juan Doe, uh, the illustrator, also had a comic book come out this week. Besides this one. Besides this one, called Bad Reception. That oh, he, okay. That, that he wrote. Holy shit. Dang. So there's some stuff for you. I think that was on Aftershock. It was. Yeah. What a duo. Yeah. That dude... Does way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is like probably never bored. No, he is not. <laughs> he uh, has a lot. Yeah, he, he enjoys his life, I guess. Or maybe he has no life. <laughs> maybe maybe he's a, maybe, maybe he's, he enjoys uh, having no life. I almost said maybe he's a scared. Maybe he's scared. <laughs> 
that he won't leave his mark on the world, so he has to do like all these fucking things. We should so. get more scared. We should be we more should psychoanalyze more people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Wando, how scared are you? We're coming for you, yeah. Tom King yeah. and Wando. Do you have a death and... complex? Yep. <laughs> Is that why you're making all these comics? <laughs> Did you also write Collapser? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I liked I liked that in the notes um, they talk about one of the driving forces for the story being if your love for your pet could save humanity. <laughs> And I think in that panel where she's trying to get entry to the subject, yeah. her cat, and the cat's like, Kiara, I want to see you. Come in. And she's like, oh, I can't. I really, that was like, oh, that's cute. I love that. Who of us hasn't fantasized about being able to talk to your pet? Right. So that's one thing the story has going on that's great. Mm-hmm. And th- But two, it did something really original with that, I think. I loved the whole dynamic of her going into space for a job and a career born out of all these crazy successes that she'd had and ending up being like a prisoner to her employer. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a super intriguing relationship of this character in the story. There's also kind of this weird like underneath story of like, is this like a military base? Like using the cat to astral project to like spy on worlds to go invade them to like, get all the resources and stuff? Right. Yeah. Lean in more to that. I think it I, intends to. I think if they lean more into that, though, then it's like two different comics. Yeah. It really is almost two two different comics. But then we get to, like, read along as, as she and her cat hatch an escape plan. <laughs> yeah. To save all the other creatures that are now getting their own collars to do mm-hmm. whatever As weird as this, as this comic book is, with, like, an astral projecting cat and all that kind of stuff, I was, like... I wanted it to be like weirder and crazier. It was, this is weird to say, it was a little straightforward. Yeah, like, yeah, it, was a, it played it real safe. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I thought it could have got like mind bendy weird and still like, I don't know. The dialogue did that for me. It was a little hard to follow. We did read it digitally though. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. I think the synopsis of it was killer. So good. Concept, amazing. Art, phenomenal. It has a lot of the pieces to make an outstanding comic book, but it did read a little flat. I, I like I loved it. Um, Same. But I think it just kind of, when it ended, I was like, huh. I got yeah. I don't know if it like maybe maybe it succeeded and succeeded and succeeded, but didn't give you that hook that a lot of first issues need to give you uh-huh. to continue to the second issue. Right. But there's so many things that I did enjoy about it. Maybe it's worth giving the second one a shot. That's a really good point. I think a lot of books you read give you a lot of stuff in the first issue in terms of trying to hook you in or to draw you in. But I literally wrote in my notes, what is what is next? Like, I don't understand where they're going to go. Maybe that's not the best technique to use for all first formats, but I would I would probably pick it up just to see. This is a, a real Berserker Unbound situation for us. It, it had a great premise, but... We're clueless of where this could go. I have a question for you guys. Uh, Mike D and I and Budget King are not uh, cat people, um, but Caitlin and Greg are. We did, own one, yeah. Did that... <laughs> Doesn't did, mean you're a cat does person. Does that tell you what you need to know? Yeah, yeah. okay, that's it. That's it. Oh, you do own one, okay. I do seen, you know, own I saw, one. I saw it there, confirmed it was yours. <laughs> um, uh, does this comic book resonate more for you? I wish. I feel like my cat, our cat, is so... Lethargic. Well, he just isn't like a a cat that wants to be around you or the, a cat that wants to 
my, the only time my he understanding really, is that's all cats. Yeah, he just like wants to find stuff he can't eat and then throw it up everywhere. That's mm. like his main yeah. goal in life. So it's really hard to be like, come here, buddy, and cuddle with him when he doesn't want that at all. And I almost thought with this book, could this have been any animal? Yeah. Like if I had tried to get into his cell door, he would have been like, come back, never. Yeah. No, I'm busy. I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. He it, wouldn't care. It, you're right. It, it could have could have been a lizard, a guinea pig, a hamster, a camel, <laughs> a, like goat. A, a child. Like, yeah, it wasn't. No, like if it was if like, let's say like a, the army found out a toddler could astral project. Only toddlers. Only toddlers. <laughs> and then once you hit a certain age, you lose that power. But it's like baby geniuses. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rugrats twenty ninety nine. There you go. <laughs> Please tell so me that's you, a thing. His astral projection collar is stuck in his diapy. <laughs> so are you saying you'd you'd like it better if it wasn't a cat or I just, just I was it. curious why cat. He's saying as a cat person, he didn't get cat vibes. Okay. Well, we don't have a, a cat that's like that. That's true. But I just felt like I think they just they, they shoehorned it in as like they basically just needed a character that the owner had affection for. So that could have been a bird, a cat, a dog. It could have. I think a lot of people. I mean, I see. I see tons of web, web comics, and even like my boyfriend is a bear. Mm-hmm. They they have those relationships with cats. So I think it was. I mean, I'm sure that there's a base out there that will really connect with this. We yeah. just don't have a cat that gives me those feelings. So right. it's it's different. There's also something kind of ancient and otherworldly about cats. For sure. The Sphinx, even. Yeah. And you couldn't put... be this old alien race that we just don't know how intelligent they are. You can't put a dog in that position because... No, it'd be a big dummy, yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Do you guys like comic books where the premise are like, you always thought this about the world, but what you didn't know was this little other thing? I mean, I guess depending on how it is done. I don't think that's what this is. I think she made the, yeah. I, I, I don't either, I guess. You're yeah. right, yeah. Th- that's the way the guy in a comic book store described it to us, and then I read it, and I was like, that guy read two pages of this, because yeah, that's right. This it definitely yeah. doesn't hang on a single gimmick. Correct. No. It, Correct. It, it, like, it has the gimmick of, like, talking animal, but the best compliment I could pay it is that it does so much more that's super original, I think. Did we find out how the cat can astral project? So, I didn't know if it just had the powers or if it's that yeah it's it's specific to that cat right i think yeah i don't i don't know if cats have evolved now where they can just you get a little bit of like dialogue from the cat i think that explains some of its backstory that it was just like oh yeah we should probably i'm gonna one day i found that i could do that yeah they have like that collar from up that they can put around the cat's neck that's the device she made i don't think that that's what allows the cat to astral project no correct that's what that's what i mean like they can understand you think this is the cat from men in black that's carrying the planet orion i don't do you think it's the cat that swallowed the uh black box in uh captain marvel it may be they're the same kind of uh color goose is that that cat yeah Good, good, you know, good, good name. Cat re- yeah, great cat recall. Let's total let's, cat recall. Wait, let's let's keep on good doing this. Cat reflexes. Okay, so this is a this is a cat that's orange. Doesn't like Mondays. Garfield. Okay, um, this is a cat that's a playwright. Snagglepuss. Great. This is a cat who's also orange and eats from trash cans and is a ripoff of Garfield. I don't know that one. He has a bunch of friends though, and is shorter. 
Heathcliff. Oh, the answer was Heathcliff. Thank you for playing cats off to you. <laughs> Stump the cat lady. <laughs> cats you later. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Damn it. Cat calling. Cat's phrase. Cat's phrase. <laughs> cat's phrase. That was a good, yeah. I should, there should be a podcast that's cat calling, and, <laughs> but instead of derogatory things towards women, it's just women trying to name other cats. <laughs> Meowing. Famous cats. We'll yeah. buy number two. Yeah, same. Once I, once I listened to the weird music and got the Aliens vibe for it, I was like, I'm feeling this. Yeah. I think I'll reread it and listen to that and then see, see how number two strikes me. Dude, dude put some effort into this. Five song, like, just download, oh, uh, yeah. downloadable album that you can put out. I respect that hustle. Do you think he has, like, can't, he, can't sit still, has to keep... Always oh, psychoanalyzing him again? Always doing things. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, he's like a Wando. Okay. <laughs> Is Wando a fake name? I don't know, but it's so fun to say and to hear. Like John Doe? I once bought a computer for a guy that handed me a bunch of cash. His name was Juan De Nero. <laughs> funny. Um, this is a true story. Still funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the, not funny anymore. The funniness of it doesn't, doesn't go away well. <laughs> because it's, it's a true story. But his name was a fake name. And I not think, a humor. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't True know story, that was a fake name. I don't know why that's my barometer for if one <laughs> was a fake name. I want to take something back I said earlier about Strayed. Ooh, a, re- a redaction. A redaction. That I said it it didn't have like a, a twist or payoff or, or hook at the end to get me into the next issue. It did. It had something. There's like a mysterious energy that fuels this planet. And our science people don't know where it's from or how it works and they're going to investigate that and go down that rabbit hole. It was just a weird hook that had nothing to do with our characters. Mm-hmm. It seems like they, they're like not invested in it at all. Like right. they've got their own thing going on and then the military is going to pursue this other thing separately. Yeah. If, if the main thing of the story is that a cat can astral project, who yep. gives a fuck what happens on a planet with energy? Not me. <laughs> and not 85% of our listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. I'm ex- I I do want to see where it goes. That's a safe place to be. Yeah, it's a nice a nice in between. Yeah, little uh, constant moderate. I'm a moderate comic reader. <laughs> the hardest to please. Yes, that's what you give are. Give me give me Claire McCaskill any day of the week. <laughs> well, that sounds like a deadly conversation. And also another deadly conversation that we had in comic books this week was pretty violent, and also swears. Out on image with lots of swears. What what the <laughs> fuck is the name of this book? <laughs> I think pretty it's just pretty violent, violent with lots of swears. Pretty violent with lots of swears. Caitlin, take it away. Okay, so you take the Bluth family, you make them cartoons, give them that chaotic evil, super powered abilities, and then add in a bunch of brutality and a good dose of humor about that brutality, and that's what kind of what reading this felt like. Nailed it. 10 out of 10 could not have been a better comic book. Loved every second of this comic (laughs) book. Certified Budget King approval. Super fan of this comic book now. Because of that intro or uh, just the book itself? You you hit it on the head, but it was like it was everything that I want in a comic book. I want it to feel like it's for kids, but then swoop in and be really adulty. And they were so violent and just like, the, it was like zany and funny, but it was also like a good plot, um, and it was like awesome. It was just it was so good. And then you turn the page and you realize, oh, this was a creator on Adventure Time, of yeah. course. Yeah. Like 
the fucking you know genius show, genius comic book. Really loved it. Um, I I will not pay it as high as a compliment as you did. I was I was really reluctant until you got the M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. That's what really hooked me. Okay, is, uh, how this. How this it basically this book is about a young woman who wants to be a superhero so so badly she has these great powers and for whatever reason she keeps fucking it up and she's killing, Michael Bluth she's the yeah she's Michael Bluth and keeps killing people and come to find out she's from a family of uh, supervillains so that's what really hooked me right there this is for sure gonna get paired to Scotty Young's I hate Fairyland or, yeah. or I or fuck Fairyland um, love Scotty Young to death um, but this is a better comic already. Out of the gate, you think? Did you ever read "I Fucking Hate Fairyland" or whatever? Yeah, or? I read. I read it almost all of it. I never read any of it. I liked it a lot. It's it looked a, sweet. It's a, it's it a, looked really bloody and stuff. It's a really good comic. This comic book is better. Just from Are they one similar? issue. Uh, no, that the, the stories aren't similar. They're similar in that like it's a girl. It's a like a female character that gets like not afraid to like push boundaries, you know, and it's like. It seems like it's child-esque, and then it's not. So at face value, it seems like these two books are going to do yeah similar, go for similar things. So we'll get compared, but I think they, I think there's yeah, there's no getting around that these books are going to be compared. They have to be, yeah. yeah. Mike D, you've been awful quiet over there. <laughs> How did you feel? I did not like Mike, it. Mike hates it when I come in giving a rave review. <laughs> no, I actually nothing... think I could have called that. You would have. I don't think I would ca- have called the exact reactions, but it doesn't seem like a book for you. I didn't think that anyone was going to like it. This is why I guess I'm glad that we don't talk about these things beforehand. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't like it. Uh, It seemed to me like, you know, Powerpuff Girls with swears and guts. But, like, I feel like even in, like, watching old episodes of Powerpuff Girls or how I, like, reminisce about them, that the plot and storyline was a little more grabby, whereas this just seemed to, like, randomly hop around with like killing and eyeballs and fuck yous and I guess I feel like there's a little bit of a gimmick to cartoony stuff with gore and it didn't do much for me outside of that I don't think I can see that and I I kind of thought that too I was like yeah I I knew that if I liked this and came out strong people would be like especially on this podcast would be like I knew you would like this because it's like I like very violent things especially like kid stuff but I think that, like, the the plot twist at the end was I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then it, it felt like a character that was, like, not quite, like, Snot Girl or, like, a lot of other, like, indie things where it's, like, just, like, completely, like, lovable. You get this hint that's, like, she's really flawed. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's especially... She's, like, gonna, kind of annoyingly, like... Yeah. Like, abra- like, just abrasive. Like, out... I don't know. Like, what it- uh, Elvira from Tiny Toons? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not a bad comparison. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe since it's not, since I went into it and like two pages in, I was like, this probably isn't my thing. Maybe I didn't give the character her due and try to like evaluate her inner struggles as she was going through this. And I was just like, more cartoon violence, more cartoon violence. But, and, and I think what it does though is it's like, she accidentally kills a hero in the first panel. Then she like, 
purposely kills a hero in a couple more pages. And it's like, that's kind of crazy. She's definitely like trying to be a hero, whatever. But then it gives you enough like story to be like, she's actually from a villain family. That's like fucking nuts. And she keeps trying to go out there and do the good thing. She just can't. Yeah. And that fleshed the story out in a way. Like, I think you said that, Greg, that like for me, it's like had that not happened, I would have just been like, cool, fun romp. Happy to pick this this like teen-esque book up again. Right. I, I I really hope that they explore why she's leaving her super villain family to try to be a good person. I think eventually they'll get to that point, but I can see where Mike D's coming from. Right now it's just a lot of Looney Tunes kind of action with a family guy mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just <laughs> real potty humor. The cur- the curse words don't seem well placed. I'll give that criticism. So not 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 10 out of they 10. They seem like shoehorned. Yeah. 9 9 out of 10. They seemed about um as in places that could be with the pacing of everything else, like in its context, I mean, it is kind of wild. There's like blood spatters on every single page. So I, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't looking for subtlety and cursing. <laughs> as a kind of sewer, as a kind of sewer of curse words. <laughs> and she's a kid, so like they're not great at cussing. Yeah, it kind of it just felt like it fit necess- like. It it go it goes into extra cussing when she when it's like the backstory. Oh, the backstory I loved way more than the whole book. Yeah, like they, when you say backstory, do you mean the other thing that happens at yeah, the end? Like like the end vignette. Because I don't know where that's placed. I don't either, but I loved it. I like it's like this short little random story that they have in there, and it gave me more context and story structure than kind of the the initial book. I would kind of love if they did that at the end of every issue and it was sort of like, you get that, like those bits. old the, I'm thinking of a couple of shows on like Adult Swim where it would be like it almost looked like next time but it would never get followed up on. It would never be something <laughs> yeah. that was related to the plot and it was just like that's like the end thing of like next time on and it's like has nothing to do with anything. This felt like toned down super jail. Kind of. Yeah, I can see that. With the kind of, with the illustration, yeah, for sure. And just like, oh, people are dying. Like I think that was like a main thing of <laughs> yes, uh, of super yeah, jail. Exactly. Like, I think they're all gonna Man, die at some super point. Super jail. What a great pull. And the ways yeah. they they died, like rib cages exposed, like eyeballs being pushed out from yeah. the back of their heads. The villain used other people as weapons yeah. to like uh, hit the young woman. Well, yeah. You can use my body as a weapon, but only if you kill her for yeah, good. You, this time, you have to kill her. <laughs> Yeah, I think that this is somebody, this comic book is for somebody that's like kind of just like oddball, goofball, weirdo person looking for like some yucks and violence and stuff. And I think like you have to be in the right mood to read it. Do you think this book is capable of surprising you on a continual basis? I think with what they did in the end. Yeah. And that like detailed of a story that like really like showed a bunch of like family dynamics in like three Mm -hmm. or four pages. I think that they could do some stuff like I mean like let's let's just throw it out there. What does she have to do? Well, she has to either become a hero yep. or not or not. She has to figure that that sidekick person will probably come back in so like maybe there's some like love interest and then but then she's got a whole family dynamic of shit that she has to deal with. So that right. sustains me for at least yeah. a little bit. We got like six characters at, at the end that's in her family. Like we have to explore who mm. those people are. Yeah, maybe some of them start to become more hero-esque than they thought thought they could be i did i did love before we got the reveal of the villains in the underground bunker that the other hero that she met that was digging underground looking for the underground Mm -hmm. bunker and she casts him off as like you're a lunatic (laughs) like 
quit <laughs> wasting your fucking time, moron. So, it's so, not like it's my home. I yeah. <laughs> so I, re- I really yeah. thought that dialogue was like just written badly before, because I'm just like, why is she like being so like just weirdly being like dismissive of like this underground thing that just seems so dumb. And then it like come to find Paid out off. it's yeah. her home. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's brilliant. That's yeah. great. I'm, I think I'm also giving this book a little bit of a pass because they were involved with creating Adventure Time. You know, maybe just as like illustrators and maybe not as writers, but that show was so good. And it tackled a lot of different things that are, are kind of heavy heavy subjects. So I'm hoping they kind of bring that into this comic book and it just doesn't rely on zany violence and curse words here's what i I don't like the title i think the title gets you to buy it so they did a good job it did sell out but like it's selling you on its gimmick and i think that the gimmick is what you didn't like and i think it's so much more than a gimmick yeah and so well wasn't fuck fairyland the kind of the same concept yeah i mean that's the thing is like so for those who don't know i hate fairyland every single issue comes out as two different comics you can buy the fuck fairyland or the i hate fairyland cover now Um, was the i hate was that like the edited version for kids no there's there's nothing different i don't think between the two i think it's just the cover so you could put the if you had it up on your shelves you could put the fuck ones behind the i hate ones so if, if kids walk in your comic book shop for the kiddos, yep, you reach behind and get the one that says "fuck." On I it. I don't I don't think that that whole comic is based on just like surprising you. Um, Scotty Young just does like really well writing from a kid's perspective, and kids are. I was a fucked up middle schooler. No, there was just there was just violence and I hate fairyland. Yeah. right. There wasn't like any weird sex stuff. No, no, okay. not at all. Yeah. Now this, <laughs> this this comic book was great. It was wonderful. I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. I'll get issue two just to kind of see, because I, I think there is a lot of here, a lot of story here to tell. But if they just rely on fucking fights all the time, it's going to be boring. Yeah, she if, keeps having to put this guy who was digging off the off their trail. Like that also might be a fun subplot to follow. If that keeps going and going. Fucking with going. his tunnels. <laughs> yeah, just like man, you're wasting your time. Give it up. Yeah. You know what? I heard about it being way over this way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just I don't get bored with super like graphic. Like every time there's like a great fight scene, I'm just like, cool. That's what I, that's actually why I bought a comic book was for some violence. So, yeah, I would say if if we get the second issue of this and it does more than just smack people around and bust heads open and say fuck, then I owe everyone an apology. Which, by the way, those fight scenes were rad. Yeah. They were drawn super, super cool. So I will pay that the compliment that it deserves. There was a ton of number ones this week. It was a tough... A lot. Uh, tough toy, uh, choice between yeah. all of them. I think we picked the right ones, though. Ditto. Yeah, because Bad Reception came out and... What was it, like, Headless? He- Headless on Scout, and then uh, Ghost Gwen. Ghost Spider. There we go. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. She's coming over to the 616 now, officially. Oh. Uh, the, the Gwen Stacy Spider-Man. <laughs> Caught up in the 616 now! <laughs> Is that it? It's called. Is that the quickest that we've ever done it? No. (laughs) Oh, really? Not by any stretch. We we got here at eight. (laughs) Yeah, but we stood in there, talked for about 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we did keep it to that hour that one time. Yeah. So we're still a little over that. Yeah. But it does feel like we just ran through it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's done. Uh, We don't have it in the things that Caitlin does, but 
Don't forget, we have a Patreon with a whole bunch of other episodes for you guys to enjoy. So please, please, please go check that out. We have, what, Mike, like five, four or five episodes up already about Absolute Carnage and X-Men. So those are really, really good. We really appreciate the people that have already subscribed. Um, We have much more content coming your way. Uh, Other than that, thanks for joining us. Yeah. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. 